is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally, Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? Now, today we want to talk about YouTube video podcasts. And what's interesting about this topic, I think it depends who you talk to, what that actually means. You know, I heard the other day, I think I'm pretty sure it was the Marketing O'Clock podcast uh, and, and two of their hosts were on the show many, many episodes ago. So if you want to check that out um, back in the archives, but they talked about that YouTube is now um, grouping video podcasts, right? And they actually show them as podcasts and call them podcasts. Um, I haven't been able to get my show listed as far as I know, but I'm also I haven't been, been checking too much, quite frankly. But at the end of the day, what does it mean to have a podcast on YouTube? What's different from what we're doing? And how do we do that? So I asked one of the experts on that topic, Zach Mitchum. He is a YouTube strategist. Um, and I'm happy to have him on the show today to find out what does it actually mean? How do we do a podcast on YouTube? And is it actually different from what we're doing right here? Welcome, Zach. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. I'm excited for the show today. <laughs> really happy to, to have you on. So um, tell me about why are podcasts on YouTube? Why is that currently kind of bubbling up? And, and I hear all kinds of people talking about it, you know, including marketing and clock show and, and others, uh, and of course, YouTube themselves. But why is that currently important? And how do how do creators, how should we think about it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think a couple of the things that are important here is to look at some of the studies they've done. I can't remember what podcast uh, company it was. They, they do market research. And they looked at 60% of people watching podcasts would prefer to have video with it. And so you saw YouTube kind of creep up and overtook market share from Apple as well as Spotify before they ever said, hey, you know, they have the, the podcast section now. They didn't have that. And they overtook, you know, Apple and Spotify during that. Part of this is YouTube's really, really good at recommending new content. So when you watch one podcast, it can recommend another one. And hopefully it's recommending your show to a new viewer. Whereas Apple and Spotify and all the other podcasting platforms don't do that. It's kind of like Google. Google wouldn't say, hey, here's the next site you should <laughs> visit. Um, it doesn't quite do that. And so you can grow a lot faster on YouTube. And I think if, you know, going forward, 2023, if you are podcasting, you're going to start to get left behind by those who are incorporating YouTube, whether you want to consider it a podcast or not, because there is that debate. But if you're not incorporating that, you're going to start to get left behind. You know, what's interesting to me, and I don't doubt it that people want to see video, but I've also been on the other side of that fence even, I mean, many years ago. And I said, stop doing talking head videos. I don't care that they have the best looking haircuts like you and I are having right here, right now, oh, today. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? But uh, but people want to see it, I guess. Now, when you do video podcasts, I mean, you certainly have a setup. I have a setup, right? I'm not sitting outside my friend's check out my Amazon storefront. This is actually a physical backdrop behind me. These are fake windows. I have lights on me. Uh, I can't do much about my face, but I do try to look as good as I can, right? So yeah. how important is it to think about those things and not just be, 
you know, in front of your open bathroom door when you do a video podcast. Yeah, no, and it really is important because I, I hear the the argument often is, well, if it's a podcast, people want to listen. And when I watch podcasts on YouTube, I turn off the screen or I don't watch. And they're like, so why is it even that important? And the thing here is on YouTube, there's a certain level of expectation for production value. Video is one of them. And you have this barrier. It's good and bad because if I can see you, if you look professional, you sound professional, and then I'm going to listen to you on a professional topic, you have created trust with me way more than just hearing your voice on, say, a podcast. Because usually a podcast is a little slow to kind of get into the value. You know, maybe there's ads or introducing guests or things like that. On YouTube, you don't get that luxury, kind of have to hop in faster. And that first five, 10 seconds of me seeing how good does your video look, how good do you sound, is going to create that trust. I might turn off the screen. For me, when I'm listening to an hour-long podcast, I do turn off the screen. But I judge the host and the guests subconsciously on how good it looks. If they can't figure out video and audio and it just sounds and looks terrible, how well can they really know their subject? I know those two don't correlate, but that's what your brain is thinking is if they look good and they sound good, they probably are professionals. I'm, I'm going to listen. Whereas on a podcast, you don't you don't quite get that. So it's, it's good if you get it right or it's bad if if you don't. It's very interesting. And, you know, of course, you were talking about recommendations earlier. And I was thinking about that. And I'm like, so on YouTube, right, you just it's almost like TikTok. You just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling because there's always something new and interesting. And I one time, you know, once watched a video about the, the Deutsche Bahn, the German train system. And, of course, now I get to they recommend me, you know, hundreds of videos about that train system. Yeah. Um, if I care about the topic, I will keep scrolling. And so YouTube definitely has that figured out. Spotify and Apple specifically, they also recommend podcasts, but okay, it's, they do. Not, it, it's not very, I mean, I don't know. I would not call it very sophisticated. It seems like big podcasts only, right? Like you might like to listen to this podcast, which is like the biggest podcast in that vertical. So certainly that's not as specific as saying you watched one video about train service and, and here's 12,000 more. Now, when it comes to recommendations though, how do you, when you should you think about that when you produce them? I mean, is that is that a keyword thing, or how do you uh, how do you get recommended more? Yeah, and this is this is actually what I I do all day every day for uh, clients. So many people quote this, and it, this is true. But they say that YouTube is the second largest search engine on the internet, which is true. But only thirty percent of views come from search, and so if you're basing your YouTube podcast, your YouTube videos generally around search, you're missing out on the most powerful part of YouTube because on podcasts, you have SEO. If someone searches and you you have all of your things, right, they'll find it. It's not quite as good as YouTube, but it's it's good. It's, a, it's SEO. On YouTube, it's that recommendation. So if we can get YouTube to recommend you, that's really what we're going to do. A couple of things that help with that. Having a thumbnail consistency. What I mean by that is if I saw, if I've watched two or three of your videos, I've seen your thumbnails, and I saw them down the side being suggested to me, I would know it's your video. And so if I like the topic and I want to hear more from you, I can just click and know it's your video. I don't have to kind of wonder. I, a lot of people's thumbnails look kind of similar. Text is similar or maybe colors are similar, but there's not this consistency where I know in that split second when I see it, oh, that's another one. And I want to go watch that. So that's one way. Another way is it really is getting people to watch multiple videos. You need to train YouTube that people don't just come to your channel and one watch one channel. So for example, if it's like how to unclog a toilet, I'm hoping that you're not getting suggested how to unclog a toilet or something else. Cause otherwise either you have problems or 
YouTube thinks you have problems. Like you're not going to subscribe to those channels. You're not going to watch those over and over. And YouTube knows that when it sees that someone watches one video and never comes back to another one, it's not going to suggest that content because it's utilitary. It's, you know, it works for something very specific. It's not something that should be suggested, but if your thumbnails are consistent and one of them pops up on the side and someone watches another, you're training YouTube. Hey, we watched another. If at the end of your video, you say, Hey, we just covered this topic in depth. And I know you probably are now thinking, well, how do I solve this problem? Cause it came up, click this video right here. And we're going to solve that problem for you next. And so you have one video, they click that and they're like, Oh, this is perfect. I'm just going to watch another one. Or maybe they watch your playlist. If you train YouTube to know that, Hey, when someone watches one of these, they watch multiple. So we need to suggest more of them because it'll keep them on the platform longer. We'll get more watch time. There are a few more things that go into it, but that's really what you need to do. And if you can do that, you know, YouTube will grow your podcast for you. You don't have to do the work. You don't have to send out the emails or the things that help podcasts. They do also help YouTube, but YouTube will do a lot of the work for you. And, you know, it sounds easy in, in theory, but of course that's much harder than it sounds, right? Because I mean, the thumbnail, so my thumbnail, every it's, it's the same picture for every show, except it has the guest, right? A new guest picture on it. So I think that's probably different enough. And it doesn't take me a lot of work because it's just a template and I dump in your picture, right? Every once in a while, I think your picture had like your, um, your microphone, right? So I had to crop yeah. it a little bit differently because when I got the background out, uh, out of it, um, it, it didn't quite do, do as good of a job as I would have liked. Um, so multiple videos. So, so what kind of watching multiple videos, what kind of strategies can we think about here? I mean, some that come to my mind, I, I don't know if they even work, but like we're live, right? And I say stuff, well, when the marketing and clock crew was on the show, you know, whatever many episodes ago, that might be worth watching if you're interested in that topic in more depth. We're not going to cover that whole topic. Does something like that work or is that just me filling time? So that can work. You can have a card pop up on the video yep. and do that. The problem is now you're interrupting the video. And if someone's leaving early, it's not people watch your video and then go to a new one. It's we're interrupting that. So if, for example, you want to mention that at the end, after we're all finished, say, hey, you know, I know we mentioned this earlier. Here's that video. You're going to want to go watch it because it's going to help with whatever we covered. Then who the percentage of people that make it to the end, they're still interested. Those are the people you want to attract anyway. They're going to go watch that next one. And so there are tactics like that. Like in, in the middle, I would more call out to like join my email list or something to that effect. Um, but at the end, that's you want to you get this cycle going. So basically, as uh, Jen Vogel would say, uh, the, the uh, host of Real Talk, the Customer Insights show, every sentence in the email should have the goal of getting you to read the next sentence. So every word we say, the goal should be to get, let you keep, have you keep watching. Because mm -hmm. if you don't get to the end, right, like none of this matters, because at the end of the day, people aren't going to see it. Now, um, how do we... Um, tie it all together. So for example, I still am a big believer in live streaming these yeah. podcasts. And the reason is because live streaming used to be really hard in my opinion. You know, it's like I mean unbelievable. And today it's so it's pretty easy. I mean there's some technical issues that come up here and there and things you you know you're trying to fix in two seconds but they take 20 minutes and you don't have the time to do it. Uh, but in general it's much easier. So I still believe in that. And then I believe in getting it up as a podcast episode. So is that a good strategy here? Can I tie it together with my, my YouTube podcast? Or how do I, how, how would you recommend brands go about um, creating a YouTube 
podcast. Yeah, no, absolutely. If if you are live streaming, I think it's it's great because you can build some of this you know community and interaction with people live. You can answer questions. The one problem is if you are live streaming it to YouTube, you can't cut out. And you, there is an exception to this. YouTube can has an editor and you can cut out things in the beginning, but you can't really pull people in as well to the podcast because you have less time on YouTube. And so I wouldn't recommend live streaming it to YouTube. So first reason, you can't edit it. You can't really do it. I would recommend for a standard podcast to keep people's interest, to make sure you edit out any of the things that maybe just are you know, fluff or air, or just you know, things that don't keep people's attention. You want to kind of snip those out a little bit. You do that in a normal podcast, but you want to be a little bit more, I guess, ruthless with it when you're doing it for YouTube. And then at the end, you need to be able to record a segment that says, hey, you know, that next video type thing. So I wouldn't live stream to YouTube. The other thing is live streams on YouTube die really quickly. The, the biggest benefit of YouTube is that your videos live forever. You can get views on videos that are 10 years old and lots of views, not just some. But if you live stream it, YouTube doesn't treat it the same way as it does a video. And so you might have some that are the exception. I know a couple of you know people that I've watched live streams and they do continue on, but it is very, very small percentage that get a decent amount of views after about a week or two. So I would live stream everywhere, record it wherever you're live streaming from, and then edit it and then upload it as a video to YouTube. And that's kind of the base of the strategy I would use for that. Oh, okay. Ending the live stream on YouTube right now. How do I do that while we're live? I don't know if I can. So you're good okay. feedback. Now, yeah. What? I said, you're okay. You can always unlist it. So if you do live stream it, I wouldn't recommend it, but you can, you can always unlist it later and then upload it as a new video. Well, and, and my philosophy, quite frankly, when it comes to content strategy is just because I'm doing something today doesn't mean I'm doing it tomorrow, right? Because yep. there's always something to think about. How do we evolve? How do we move forward? Does it work? Does it not work? Et cetera, et cetera. Now, um, what I currently do, and, and I'll ask you a question about um, the process in a second, but but I live stream to YouTube and you're correct. Very, very few viewers on YouTube, honestly, but I also haven't focused on that necessarily. Um, as much as other as other channels, um, I trim out the beginning later on, right? I add a card at the end, so I can do that relatively easily. About a day later, because it's processing, right? So I can't yeah. actually do that in the moment. But in my workflow, I mean, I could as easily, right, just stream this everywhere else, download the file, cut out the beginning at the very least, the the countdown timer, and um, I would argue we don't have any fluff on here, right? Especially yeah. today with you, mm -hmm. Zach. But in, in general, at the very least, I could not stream it. I'll just cut the beginning um, and upload it. I mean, would even that help already? Or am I making it too simple? Am I being too lazy? No, absolutely. That would help tremendously. The one thing that I will say for shows like this, I, I've seen one... <laughs> A podcast interview that does phenomenal this his name's jay class and he does a lot of post-production so for the average person i don't recommend this but he'll spend the first three five minutes and he'll record him talking and kind of introducing the the guest and pull out segments throughout i actually had him on my podcast to learn how he does this and it's it's a good amount of work if you want the minimal work find a clip in the last third of the video that is just absolute gold it's just like that's one of the best moments. Put it at the beginning and have some sort of, you know, coming soon, 15, 20 seconds. And then it goes right into the podcast over that. It's not a lot of effort and that'll hook people in. And we, we like these loops in our mind. We, we want to close this loop. So if you pull it from the end, not the beginning, the, the mistake I see is people pull it from that first couple of minutes, pull it from the end and 
people will listen until they hear it again. So they can close that loop. And hopefully by the time you've hooked them in well enough to watch the last few minutes, um, but they, they want to close that loop as long as it's keeping their attention. So it's very interesting. The other thing that I find very interesting about this whole discussion is that, so back in the day when I grew up, right, in content strategy and, and journalism and whatever, they were really only extremes of anything, right? Either you did it exactly this way or you didn't do it at all, right? There was no middle ground. And I just heard like four different ways that you can pick and choose to try, right? I mean, you yeah. could either live stream it, not recommend it. I'm going to change that and see what I can do about it, uh, starting with next week's shows and um, cut out the beginning, upload it. Like you could do that. The next step is you you do that and then you take a, a clip from the back, like you just said, move it to the front just to kind of get people, you know, teased in and go with that. The next step is you could literally edit it. Like, you know, like mm. cutting crap like this, um, you know, like, oh, yeah. oh, you know, whatever. So you could do that. Very, very interesting, uh, very enlightening. So where should my YouTube podcast live? And this is the version of, Christoph, does my project need a Twitter account? Um, why? Don't you already have a Twitter account? Yeah, my company does. But now we have a project. And of course, companies have many, many projects. Um, so should a brand, let's just, I mean, a branded podcast, a creator podcast, you know, somebody who already has a presence, do you need to create a new account? Do you go with the account you already have? What goes into deciding how to, where to post it? Yeah, no, I think the simplest way to answer this is, is it the same audience? If you're posting, you know, on my channel, I do talk about th some things for beginners as far as video podcasting goes, like your setup or how to start or some goals and things that you should do to make sure that you are actually creating a show that people want to watch and that you enjoy creating. Um, and, you know, it does have my podcast episodes as well, because those bring on experts or it's me, you know, I do one a week of each or try to the solo episode of me talking 30 to 60 minutes on a topic I feel like is important, or I have a guest that's absolutely going to help you with their tips. It's all the same audience. And so it's different lengths, but the audience is the same. And what most people don't realize is that one hour plus one to three hour videos on YouTube is the fastest growing segment and the most likely to get recommended by the algorithm. So when they're like, Oh, I need to make a, I need to take a clip and make it five minutes, or I need to take shorts and post them. Both of those have their place. And I've had a couple of people call me out cause I'm not a big fan of shorts. They do have their place, but not in favor of post an hour video seven days a week. That's optimal. That's not something most of us can do. That's not something I can do. But I, I would post an hour-long video over a short. Now, if you're not posting, a short can go in there. Um, but the thing here is that if it's the same audience, you don't need a new account. Um, the one thing I will say, though, is the biggest mistake I see is people treating the podcast like a podcast on YouTube. It is different. E each video is its own video. And so it's not episode you know, 548. It's not the whatever show. It, it, it's not these things. It's what's the topic of the video? How does this help people? The thumbnail needs to portray that. The title does as well. And people are going to watch these out of sequence. And that's okay because YouTube's going to recommend them. And so if you have 548 videos, one of those is going to relate better. And so hopefully YouTube is sharing whatever episode that is and people are clicking on it. Now, if it's like, oh, episode 98, like, oh man, I missed so many in between there. Maybe I should go and find a different one instead. And you might lose them. Instead, it's, well, it's not a show. It's, it's these topics that are taking me through this journey. So um, one of the mistakes, but answer your question, as long as it's the same audience, it's, it's okay. You know, what's interesting about that uh, too, is I see some podcasts like traditional, traditional podcasts 
um, where they have, you know, wh whoever is on the show, right? So instead of like, we have, typically my opinion is what you just said, what's the topic of the show, right? Yes, we care about the guest, but what's the topic? How to do a mm -hmm. YouTube video podcast? And then Zach Mitchum is talking about it, but it's not chatting with Zach Mitchum, right? I mean, yeah. um, but a lot of podcasts do that. And I find it very annoying because no offense to all their guests, but most of the time I have no clue who those people are, right? And exactly. and, and, yep. and if they're big names, I why do I have to listen to them again? So yeah. um, it's very, it's, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was gonna say you're absolutely right. I mean, even so, if you're gonna post this on YouTube, cut my name. I'm I'm not big enough for people to recognize it, and like some people will be offended by that. But unless you're, you've got like best-selling book, unless it's really really recognizable, people aren't gonna know. And so you, their name shouldn't be in the title. Definitely in the description, but not in the title, not in the thumbnail. And if you have a big guest, sure, their face can be the one on the thumbnail. But otherwise, your your face needs to be on the thumbnail so I can recognize it's your show. Yeah. I well, I have both both pictures. Typically, yeah. every once in a while, every once in a while, I'll have a guest, and they don't not have a picture that fits at all, and um, you know they just don't have one. And uh, yeah. I typically think whatever their LinkedIn picture is should work for the most part. Um, very one time, I had a person that took like a selfie like this, like in front of the yeah. camera, in front of the mirror, like this. Yeah. That's just not going to do it, right? But yeah. Um, yeah. Um, interesting that the longer videos are taken off so much because I still have people breathing down my neck. I mean, not really, but you know what I mean? There's still people out there who go, oh, short attention spans, blah, blah, blah. And my opinion has always been, it's not about the length of the content. It's about how, what is happening every nine seconds to, to keep people drawn in. Is that also the case here with these hour long videos or why are they working if our attention span is getting shorter and shorter? Yeah, I think personal opinion, I think people are going to burn out from short videos. Obviously, it's going to be a thing, but you find that like I saw a short a couple of months ago and I couldn't find a way to dive into that topic easily. And so I, I left it and it's resurfaced with someone I've met recently. I'm like, I love this. Like, I wish that it had have led me into more content. I think more and more we're going to find people want the longer. We don't just want the dopamine hit real quick. We, we actually want to learn. We want to change. We want to grow. And so... You know, that's one thing I feel like both can work, but not many people make hour long plus content. Like it, it's not, it's easier to make than most people think it is, but most people aren't willing to actually commit to it and, and do it. The other problem is the shorter the video is, the more videos YouTube has to compare it against. And you need to be, you know, competitive watch time, basically like the average percentage of people finishing per video length. And so if you're in the six minute range to be in the top 10%, you've got to be, 87% of people are completely finishing that video. You jump up to 15 minutes and it jumps down to 49%. And so you don't have to keep as many people um, because YouTube knows that, hey, we have all these videos to compare with. And so that first five minutes, it really is important. That's why you know we said, pull that clip in front, cut out some of the fluff. If you can keep people in for 10 minutes, the likelihood that they're going to finish is pretty high. You know, it's kind of more like a, a podcast listener where once they start, they, they tend to finish as long as you, you can get them into that 10 minute mark more likely to finish so i think that's it's important make those longer videos and uh youtube can play more ads so i like to suggest them more <laughs> they they certainly like to make money um and, and who doesn't um talking about making money i you know my my eight-year-old and i we do instagram reels which she refers to as tiktoks and we actually make what an eight-year-old would consider a really substantial amount of money every month 
Um, I would say it's a decent amount of money, quite frankly, for us having fun. Uh, but for her, it's like a small fortune, right? And my point is, the reason I'm bringing that up, not just to show off or whatever, but um, first of all, it's a fantastic bonding opportunity. We're being creative together. But these are nine-second videos. They're very rarely over 16 seconds. And the one we did today in a rush was horrible, horrible. It was terrible. Yeah. So my point is, just because it's short doesn't make doesn't mean it's easier. Doesn't yeah. mean you're going to make it perfect. And it was horrible. It was the editing. Yes, there was editing, beginning and the end was terrible. The way we looked was terrible. The Zoom was terrible. Everything was terrible. So we only got 50 seconds, Zach. Tell us, what. how do people reach out to you? How do you work with them? I know you mentioned some of that. And yeah. how do they connect with you? Yeah, so if you want a little bit more, um, I actually made a free mini training. If you go to gift.wearevideomakers.com, you can sign up for that. It's about 30 minutes. Teach you how to make 10 pieces of content from your video podcast in about 90 minutes a week. So um, there's that. I, I do consult for YouTube strategy, um, helping you get your videos suggested. I love working with people that have a podcast. Um, if you want to connect with me that way, find me on LinkedIn and you can connect. But if you do that course, I have all of the places you can find me and connect there. Fantastic. Really appreciate your sharing your insights. I learned a lot and starting next week, we'll see maybe uh, I'm, I'm leading that way. We'll try some different things on YouTube because yes, it sounds easy to live stream to YouTube, but you know what? It's not going to be much work to at least try a couple different things. Zach, thanks for joining me. Really appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.